Good evening. I'm Rafael Martinez. And this will end in darkness. It's evening for you, late afternoon for me. I am off of work. It's one of the many Jewish holidays I have off. So I told WRKM, can I just record at home? And he said, sure. So I'm at home, hanging out, chilling out, enjoying the night's natural light that comes in from the window at around four-ish in the afternoon. It's been a week. It's been a week. It's been interesting how everyone is just going about this COVID business. Everyone is just doing the best they can, I guess. They're doing the best they can. And I think, at least for me, I've reached a point where I kind of don't care. Like, I kind of don't care about it anymore. I don't care about it because there's so many other things to care about, such as this brand new show coming from CBS. Check this. Also from Global Citizen, which, if you know, you know, they are kind of garbage. Usher, Priyanka Chopra, I believe that's her name, and Julianne Ho are set for The Activist, a CBS competition series. So they've done it. They've turned Black Lives Matter, the LGBTQ community, into the challenge. They did it. You know, let's get Johnny Bananas in there. Let's get Wes. Let's get CT. Let's get Camilla Nader. Let's get everybody. Everyone who's ever been on any kind of like, it's like the amazing race, I guess, for activism. This week, we're in Portland. We're helping the local Antifa chapter break into an Apple store because capitalism's evil. This week in Portland, <laughs> we're accusing the mayor of not being progressive enough because deep down we really want anarchy, not necessarily progressive values. But it's interesting, you know? Like, where are these challenges going to be? You know what I mean? Four people got arrested. Can you raise the bail money? You know? Kamala did. Which, ironically enough, one of the, the bail programs she supported bailed out a person who wasn't necessarily a protester. He was actually someone who was already, I believe, I think he was on, not parole, no, he was on parole. I think he might have been on bail for shooting someone. But now, he's been caught for murder. You know? It's kind of... It's darkly funny, at least to me. But no, like this, this, I want to read the article. It's interesting. Because you got, you got Usher, right? And to me, I feel like Usher has gotten to a point where he'll do any charity as long as we forget that he gave people herpes. You know what I mean? As long as we forget about that, he's totally fine. He'll do any show. He'll do any benefit, any charity. As long as we forget that he gave people herpes. I believe that was debunked. I refuse to believe that it was debunked. I, I, don't, I believe he gave people herpes. Allegedly. Respectfully. But honestly speaking, I can see it. You're Usher, right? Like, think about it. Like, you kiss so many women, like, on the regular when you're Usher. 
Like, women throw themselves at you. You share drinks, probably, with some of the most disgusting individuals in the entertainment industry. People who are true sweaties. You know what I mean? People who are just fanatics or people who are just, you know, been around in the industry. You mean to tell me you ain't going to catch herpes at least one point? I think in order to be famous, you have to catch herpes. I think that's part of it. I think you spend so much time exchanging bodily fluids with other people. You have to have herpes in Hollywood. That's just the way I look at it. I can't speak to Priyanka Chopra. I can't speak to what she's up to. She's a very pretty lady. I'll give her that. And Julianne Ho, let's be honest with ourselves, or Huff, I don't know how you pronounce her name. It's really weird to me. But I see her in every reality show, whether it's weight loss, dancing with the stars. So, of course, she's indie activist. So you got yourself a black dude, an Indian chick, and a white chick. A Karen, I guess. You got the triple threat. See how this goes. These three are set to set the co-host or the co-hosting. Okay. The Global Citizen Competition Series, The Activist. A five-week reality series at 8 p.m. Friday, October 22nd on CBS. And it will be available on Paramount+. Plus. So in five weeks, they're going to save the world. That's what they're going to do. And like... <laughs> what, what happens at this point? All right, like, you know... This week we're doing LGBTQ and like each of you had to pick one organization and you now got to compete to make sure the other organizations don't get shit. So you've turned like being an activist into capitalism. You turned it into a sick game where you're playing people against each other because you know what's going to happen. You know that they're going to cover the drama on this show hard body. You know, I don't think she's really committed to the cause, you know. She says BLM, but I saw her watching a Shane Gillis clip the other day. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She mentioned something Ben Shapiro said recently, and I don't really think she's committed. It's just fucked up. Hey, we're going to care about real issues, but we're going to make it a competition. I dig it. It's fucked up, but I dig it. The Activist is a competition series that features six inspiring activists with three high-profile public figures working together to bring meaningful change to one of three vitally important world causes, health, education, and the environment. So Greta Thunberg's showing up, right? Like, you're setting up for the get- If Greta Thunberg does not show up, it's gonna- What's the point of watching? I just want to see this child show up and lecture adults about the environment. I would also like to lecture her about taxes. I'm pretty sure she's not thinking about that. Her parents are paying for everything. People always talk about how great it is. Look at this young girl taking an environment, like taking an interest in the environment. And she's going to all these rallies and she's cutting school to do it. Yeah, but like only white kids can do that. You know what I mean? Like if a black kid did that shit, They'd fail him immediately. He'd be one of the children left behind. They would consider him to be a delinquent. Oh, he went he went rioting at a Black Lives Matter rally. How's that different than Greta Thunberg rolling around the floor crying about the environment and the planet? Hers seems naggy. She seems naggy, right? She seems naggy. Sean King is mad naggy. Like, those people just nag. All the time. So you can never get like really into their 
core values. Cause it's like, yeah, we get it. Like stop lecturing and start teaching me how to do things. Help me show me things. Show me numbers. Show me facts and figures. Show me ways I can help. You know, just Sean King's the master of if someone dies, the body's not even cold. He's right there with a, you know, a foundation where the money mysteriously disappears. You know what I mean? That's probably the white side of him. And then you got Greta Thunberg who just angrily lectures people all the time. And I'm like, kid, you're too young to be this angry. Like, you're too young to be this angry. Yeah, the planet's fucked. It's been fucked for a long time. Not saying that's not, that's not saying it's a good thing. You know? It's fucked up that it's fucked up. But, you know, take a chill pill every now and then. Watch a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Go out with your friends and have a pizza. Enjoy your life because she's dedicating her life to a planet that's already done. It's over already. This environment's gone. What else we got here? What, education? All kids need now is Google. That's it. It's over. Teachers are boring. They're dumb. They don't know anything. They're not with it. You know what I mean? They're they're like my teachers. My teachers back in the day were great. I had the Gen X teachers. They were truly amazing. But these millennials that are teachers now, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. They're all soft. They all cry about how much they love their students. Enough. Gross. What are you, a pedophile? Enough of that. And health? Listen, as Ben Shapiro said, health is a commodity. All right? Healthcare is a commodity, and it should be traded between healthcare companies. That's the way it goes. Activists will go head-to-head in challenges to promote their causes. With their success measured via online engagement, social metrics, host and host input. So essentially, can you get something popping but not really affect anything? It's the black square all over again. And you know what that black square did? It did more damage because it was blocking out all the information. Protesters were on the ground trying to get to people going, hey, they're beating us. They're attacking us. But the likes, bro, that's how we're going to solve racism. The likes. That's how we're going to solve healthcare. The likes. If people like this post enough, maybe one billionaire will see it and go, hey, I should pay for a couple of surgeries because look how much, look how many likes they got. You know, if Elon Musk really wanted to impress me, that's what he would do. You know what I mean? Like, going to space, I don't give a shit about space. I'm done with it. Everyone's doing the same shit NASA did in the 60s. If you're going to go to space, do something new about it. You mean to tell me Elon Musk doesn't have enough money to send a rover to Mars by now? And you got Jeff Bezos crying because he couldn't get his goddamn, you know, astronaut wings. You got Richard Branson crying because they took, I think NASA took away his, like, clearance or something like that. That his organization's not allowed to go to space again or something? Who cares? There's a bunch of billionaires just letting us know what's up. They're leaving the planet. I'd leave the planet too. This place sucks. That's what Greta Thunberg has to understand. It's already over. Our, our marriage with the planet has already ended. It's done. We're in a divorce phase. Now we're just dividing up who gets what. The planet clearly gets the planet. And, you know, we get a few good years of hanging out, you know, doing some shit. And then we'll croak. The plan will be un- uninhabitable. It will be fantastic. The three teams have one ultimate goal. To create impactful movements that amplify their message, drive action, and advance them to the G20 Summit in Rome. 
Wait. Wait, hold on. Am I reading this right? So they're doing all this to go to the G20 summit? As if any of them there are going to listen to these kids. You, you might as well have walked them into the UN and gave them a microphone that doesn't work. The G20? Unless one of these kids is willing to go in there, and this is a hypothetical situation, unless one of them went in there with a suicide vest and said, if you guys do not start taking climate change seriously, I will take us all down. The outcome of this show will not matter. We'll get a good Usher performance out of it. We'll get that. Who performed? Yeah, for the fucking one millionth time. It's the only song both blacks and whites agree on, I think. Or he's one of the few. We all love Little John. He'll come out. He's probably on meth, so he's going to look a little weird. I haven't seen him recently. He might be clean, but I'm assuming. Last time I saw him, he wasn't looking that great. So it could be the meth. I think everyone's on meth now. I think meth made a big comeback. I think not even, not even just a big comeback. I think fentanyl has made a big comeback. Because now everyone's lacing it in their cocaine. Whether they're choosing to or not. But it's one of those things where if you're going to go to G20 Summit, what are you looking to accomplish there? You didn't buy, buy the, oh, you know, these kids. These kids. These kids here. I can't remember their names, but they're so lovely. And they're here to show us how we all should be as we sit here and make these decisions. While Lund- like while fucking this dude um, from London, they're Trump. He wants to blow his fucking brains out. He's having to hear about Black Lives Matter. He doesn't want to hear about that shit. He hates fucking immigrants to begin with. So if you bring a black kid there, that's not going to go over well with the G20. Italy at this point doesn't give a shit about anything. No one in that whole entire group cares. Unless, now maybe I'm giving C, maybe this is giving CBS too much credit. Maybe the G20 is the Illuminati. And that's what kind, that's what the process is. If you want to win this competition, you have to convince the Illuminati to care about these issues. And I gotta be honest, that's not a bad final test. That's not a bad final test. Can you stop them in the middle of their human sacrifices to go, hey, before you spill more blood, how about we talk about carbon emissions? It could work. The activist will spread awareness about society's most urgent issues while giving every viewer the opportunity to be part of the solution. An unprecedented example of how entertainment can change the world, it can't. Combining competition and compassion. <laughs> Combining competition and compassion, two words that have never gone together successfully. Ever. These essential causes will take center stage as the show proves there is no issues we can't solve when we work together and demand change. What fucking white person thought of this shit? Only a white person thought this was smart. Only. There's no way. There's no way a person of color thought of this idea. Because we know. We know how this whole shit operates. It's not about working together 
It's about trade-offs. It's about making deals. It's about sacrificing some shit to get other shit. They're going to the G20. I don't get it. But Usher, you know, can Usher be wrong? Confessions was all about him being wrong. So this is man enough to admit it. The activist, man. I just, I might watch it, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm morbidly curious about it. I'm morbidly curious. The activist. And it's like, at the end, like, will Usher go up to him and go, congratulations, you are the activist. And you know what's going to happen now? That one kid is now going to be used as the spokesperson for activism. Every talk show, every news show, every magazine. To be honest, it's not a bad push because as long as that person wins the competition and then doesn't do anything else after that, it's okay. They won the activist. They're the activist. That's would be my plan. My plan would be to win and then never commit to shit. Then go into politics. It worked for Trump. Oh my God, what if this is the beginning? The apprentice, the activist. Yo, the signs, bruh. The signs. Maybe this is, this is our next president. We should treat this very seriously. This could be our next president. This could very well be the next president of the United States. I mean, they are going to the G20, so they are going to you know, rub shoulders. We could very well be watching the next president take flight. And we'll think it's okay because he won the activist, not the apprentice. You know what I mean? But the activist, you know. What a show idea. What a show idea. But, you know, it's, it's weird to me that, and here's the thing, it was probably a natural progression. Because on social media, we're always, like, we always glorify people who do really great things in public and are seen doing it. And I always find that to be weird. It's like, yeah, cool, like, we know that person did that thing and we're going to give them credit and we're going to say great things about them. But after a while, it gets, like, there's a level of idol worship I don't appreciate. You know, activists, like, they always say, oh, activists should be as popular as celebrities are. No. I don't know. Celebrities are pop popular because they provide entertainment. That's a different level of um, fame that anyone should have. An activist should have respect, not fame. They should have adulation. You know, what Martin Luther King had wasn't fame. It was adulation. It was admiration. People looked at that man could believe in something. Malcolm X, you know, same thing. John F. Kennedy, not necessarily an activist, but someone who's considered one of the greatest minds of our time. You know, Jesse Jackson, for better or worse. Those people were admired for the sacrifices they were willing to make. And I don't know if we're, in this first world country we live in now, I don't know how many of these quote-unquote Let's call them famous activists. I don't know how much risk they're taking on. Like, Sean King used to make it seem 
like every day was a tough day. I'm alive, you know, but I'm going to keep doing this work. Even though he stole money repeatedly, allegedly. And respectfully speaking, he did have some nice tweets from time to time. Honestly speaking, I find him very sus on very a lot of levels. It's as far as I'm willing to go, but very sus. But like this show just reminds me that no matter how pure an intention can be, we will find a way to make a money. We will find a way, yeah. No matter how pure the intention is, we will find a way to make money on it. Or we'll find a way to turn it into a game. Because games are all we understand. And who knows? You know what? Maybe this might work. Maybe this is what society needs. A gamified version of activism. So you feel like you accomplished something. Because I think the everyday struggle of you know putting together a movement, being aware of what's happening in that movement, keeping up with the news, it, people are tired. They've been getting bombarded by news for the last two years at home, 24-7. I don't know if people really give a shit that much anymore. Not because they're bad people, but because it's too much. There's just too much going on. So I don't know. I don't know. I think in a lot of ways, I can see, you know, this activist show working a bit. And maybe it'll inspire a new generation of activists, maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be shitting on this idea and it actually works out. But what I do know is this kind of competition is going to be fierce. Filled with drama, intrigue, and who knows? Maybe they'll find love. Maybe they'll find love fighting to save the world. What do you think, Producer Kyle? Yeah? No? Shaking his head, no. You know what? I like that. I like that. I like your cynicism, producer Kyle. I like it. I'm right there with you, buddy. But you're no wonderkin, though. Let's just make sure we mention that. Every chance we get. But yeah. We gamified activism. Good for us. You know, good for us. We gamified everything else. We turned politics into a game. We turned the economy into a game. Robin Hood did. Like, if you look at how Robin Hood is, you know, put together, it has game-like features. It has cutesy little icons. Maybe that's, what, that's, maybe that's what we all needed. Everything to be a game. Make it all a game. Games everywhere. Japan does it. Sometimes you can go to the toilet in Japan, and it's a game. You piss on a thing, like an LED screen, and it gives you points or something. They gamified literally everything. And they seem to be okay. Not producing any more people, it seems. They're having a birth decline. But they at least are at peace with what everything is. The men are very awkward. The women are kind of disappointed. But once again, they're pretty peaceful, right? Look at all the cartoons they're producing. The video games. The technology. You couldn't produce technology at their level if you had other things to distract them like we have here. But you know, we're all going to unite together behind this activist. 
This is what we needed. We needed a Jesus Christ figure to be born on reality television. About damn time. We've waited long enough. When we come back, I'm not saying I'm going to make fun of Brett Weinstein. But I am going to talk about Brett Weinstein. More darkness when we return. Having some iced tea. Also, it's crispy treats. Side so stay home. You gotta stay home sometimes, man. Especially when they can just bring the equipment to you. Just stay at home. I'm enjoying my Jewish holiday. That's one thing I do like about the fall. I get a lot of Jewish holidays off. And you can just it's a good time to reset. I feel like they have a good calendar. Because, like, spring has passed, so we have a bunch of those days off. So, it's like every, you know, you get two real breaks in a year, and then you push harder for the rest of them. So, I kind of like it. You know, instead of getting, like, summer vacation all at once, I'm getting it spread out throughout the year. That's kind of nice. I do like it a little bit. Or maybe I'm just used to it by now. But it is nice. It is nice. So, I mean, it's... I've been following this ivermectin thing that everyone's talking about. You know, there's people calling it horse dewormer. People saying, no, we've actually been prescribing it for 40 years to humans, which we kind of have, but you got to be prescribed. You can't just get it over the counter. So because you can't get it over the counter, people are buying the animal version and dying. Well, not all of them. Some of them just getting really sick. But some, you know, aren't. They're not doing so well. They're not doing so hot. And it's created this argument between people, between vaxxers and anti-vaxxers. And I'm kind of bored about I'm kind of bored by it now. Like before it was kind of funny. The anti-vaxxers were kind of funny to me at first. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, look at them. They don't understand science. They're afraid of it. Like it's some kind of spooky, you know, ghost that's following them. What if the virus does, what if the vaccine does this to me? And it's like, yeah, it won't. It won't. There's no proof, you know. There's no proof of sterilizations. There's no proof of mutations. I've been dying for the mutation to happen. Get like mutant powers. I'm ready. 
I don't give a shit about being human anymore. It's not going to work out in the future where the planet's uninhabitable. Hopefully I get like, you know, some gillies that can breathe in carbon monoxide. But it's almost become like this thing between vaxxed and unvaxxed people. Where does this, every, like last week we talked about how everyone wants to be right. And from a social standpoint, in terms of like, you know, arguments, debates, all that other stuff. I think, I, I get it why, I get why, at least with this. It's because it's so high stakes. You know what I mean? To be right on this, you feel like you're saving lives. Whether you're, you know, someone who believes in vaccines, you're trying to save as many people as you can. You know, if you're someone who doesn't believe in vaccines, you're trying to make sure no one does anything to their body that would hinder them later on. They're thinking farther in the future of science that's unproven, right? A lot of people have gotten it where if there was going to be mutations, we'd know by now. We'd be kind of aware. And it wasn't like it was a brand new vaccine. It was like based on old ones. Ivermectin's kind of the same-ish. It's been around for years. It's been prescribed to humans for years. But it's just not thought of often. It's like one of those lower tier medicines, apparently. It's afterthoughts. Not necessarily on the bench. Not necessarily drafted either. Just in the free agency pool. If you need it, you need it. Now, because you have some doctors who are like, they're all trying to figure out what can we do to treat people. So there are some doctors who are trying things. Like the people who are doing the antibody transfusions. Some are doing it in Texas. They found a lot of success with that. Great. If people end up, you know, feeling better, their COVID times are cut short or how long they have it, awesome. If that antibody treatment works, awesome. I'm all for it. I'm all for anything that works. What I'm getting tired of is everyone's self-justification about it. If you're a pro-vax, you don't need to sell me on it. I'm already vaxxed. But I don't think going so hard on people who aren't vaccinated. Like Jimmy Kimmel had this thing the other night talking about, you know, a lot of ICU beds are filled up with the unvaccinated, so they're having a hard time deciding who gets, you know, ICU beds. And he's like, well, it's not that hard to figure out. I'm probably butchering his little stupid-ass joke, but it doesn't matter. And essentially he goes, you know, it's an easy decision. If you're vaccinated, I'll help you out with a heart attack. If you're unvaccinated, well, good luck, buddy. You're dead. You're going to die. And it's like, all right, I butchered it. I don't give a shit. But it's, it's a stupid sentiment. To me, yes, I had developed the sense of if you die, you die. And that's just what it is. I have that personally. But I don't think it's the right way to go about things, though. It's like, yes, people are going to choose what they're going to do. It is what it is. You can't, you can't force people to do something they don't want to do. Whoever was going to get vaxxed got vaxxed already. It's done. The game is over. Whoever did it was going to do it to begin with. So when people who are anti-vax go so hard to try to prove to you that, oh, no, you're, you shouldn't get the vaccine because they're trying to suppress all these other things that are good for you. It almost makes you feel like they have a level of insecurity in their own view. It's like ivermectin, fine. It's got a lot of anecdotal evidence. And that's key. A lot of anecdotal evidence from some smart people, Brett Weinstein being included. Also, 
yes, bio, you know, evolutionary, um, evolutionary biologist, fair. Not a doctor, though. Not a medical doctor, though. You know, I'm a little hesitant because that's not his area of expertise. It's like the same thing with Elon Musk when he talks about COVID. He knows space. He knows electric cars. I'm not going to him for medical advice. I will go to an actual doctor and not, and not Dr. Rhonda Patrick that Joe always has on all time in his show. Love Joe Rogan, but Dr. Rhonda Patrick is not a real doctor. Let's call it what it is. Sorry. Well, you know, her answer for everything is just be healthy. N- no scientific backing what, whatsoever. Can never point out a single thing. Uh, just be healthy. I can say that shit, and I'm fucking overweight. Just be healthy. I'm not wrong. Joe Rogan, too. Oh, you know, like, I don't need the vaccine. But when he called COVID, what did he do? Got a huge-ass cocktail, prednisone, fucking transfusions, ivermectin. He pulled out everything because his ass got scared. I don't go a fuck with anybody. Says he has, his ass got scared. And once again, oh, you know, he overcame it in five days. Yeah, because he has fucking money for that cocktail, dude. Not everyone does. Not everyone does. The one thing everyone can have access to is a vaccine. So to me, that's what everyone has vac- um, access to. That's what people are going to take. We are in a very early period to be making these kind of flat-out denials of what science is. And I'm talking about both sides here. If ivermectin is proved to work, and we do some studies on it and it's proved to work, great. But anecdotal evidence is still anecdotal evidence. We need real trial studies with with its um, effect on COVID. It's that simple. People talk about, oh, you know, they're trying to suppress it and they're coming after Joe, calling it a dewormer. Listen, everyone knows the mainstream media is full of shit. We've all known it. You're not saying anything new. It's not anything revolutionary. We've all known that shit. But here's the thing, though. The media has a reason to be concerned because people are buying horse paste, thinking it's the actual ivermectin. And they are, in fact, getting hurt by it, poisoned. Some are dying. It's it's one of those things where it's, if you're not going to admit the facts, then I don't want to hear your beliefs. Too often, just because it comes out of a mainstream media source is disregarded entirely. And I love Crystal and Sagar, don't get me wrong, on, the, on breaking points, love them. But... Sometimes they do dismiss the facts a little bit. Like, okay, just because the mainstream media said it doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it doesn't have facts behind it. It can be a skewed um, version of the facts, but so were they. they. They're not necessarily 100% like just the facts. They, too, have an agenda. When people have talking points, you now have an agenda. It's not necessarily free thought. If you keep going to the same talking points over and over again, you have an agenda, and that's okay, but just acknowledge you got one. It's totally fine to have one. Just acknowledge you got one. Don't make it seem like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just staying as independent as possible. You're not. Your fear of the mainstream media 
is caught in a bias. And that's all right. That's okay. I have it too. I have it too, brother. We shooting today, brother. I love my independent news sources. I love my people who don't necessarily believe everything that comes out of the mainstream media's um, news cycle, how they present things. But at some point, you got to admit, you're a little full of shit. Just a tad bit, and everyone's full of shit. Fucking John, what's his name? Fucking Jim Acosta from CNN, full of shit when it comes to the dewormer thing. He could have looked it up and found out there were two ivermectins out there. It's not that hard to find that there's a human version that's been prescribed for you. It's not that hard to find, you know? Vaccine people, so they get so caught up in wanting to force people to do something that they feel is going to work that they forget some of these people don't have necessarily a reinforcement of what the facts are. Everyone's in their own little bubble on social media. And here's the thing. For anti-vax people, they only see anti-vax shit. The algorithm only gives them anti-vax shit. How many people are now on YouTube claiming to be doctors? Are they showing their PhDs? Are they showing their degrees? No. They're just saying, well, I'm an ER doctor. People believe they have scrubs on and can they say smart shit. But is he a doctor though? Do you know for sure? Have you been to his hospital? Have you been to his practice? No, not at all. But everyone's a fucking doctor now. Where were all these doctors on YouTube years ago? For the fucking, when we were talking about fucking bird, the bird flu, where were they then? YouTube was there. You get it popped up on YouTube going, here's the truth about the bird flu. When Ebola was in Williamsburg, where were they then? Nowhere to be found. So I'm always suspect by all these new fucking medical science gurus that have popped up because of the pandemic. Everyone's looking for an answer. And that's, that's where the, the heart of all this is. This is why we, in the first episode we talked about QAnon so much. QAnon for a lot of people was an answer. It wasn't necessarily a solution. It was an answer. It gave their life meaning, sadly. You know, like this, this is military guy recently who just killed his family because he thought like there was a sex trafficker, um, just, yeah, sex trafficking situation going on that this little girl named Amber was being kept against her will, even though he was already losing his mind through the PTSD and was saying God was speaking to him. And my um, test for if God is speaking to you is, did someone else hear it? Now God is speaking to you. But if no one else heard it, might be a little sketch. But he was a guy who was convinced by all this QAnon shit, all this fucking, oh, you know, there's, there's this um, secret pedophile, which there is, fair there is. We talked about it here with the Franklin Scandal episode, the episode I might have gotten us kicked out or gotten the Wonderkin kicked out of here. But it was one, it's one of those things where, yes, there is some truth in all of these theories and all these beliefs. Yes, there are true agendas such as, Certain companies have control of certain news organizations. There is an economy based on vaccines. There is an economy based on medicine. They do only want to sell you the stuff that's not generic because they want you to pay um this month this amount of money to this big corporation. Because if it's generic, that means anyone can make it, anyone can become rich. But I don't think that's the full scope of things. If that's the only way you see things, that's kind of a problem because you can't be taken as a fool. You can be taken, you know. You know who does shit like that? Con men. 
con men do it all the time. They break your your belief in institutions. They break your belief in something that's so certain. And they use that moment of doubt to turn you whatever way they want. And I do think there are a lot of charlatans out there who are putting forth wild conspiracies, who are clearly fighting something that's bigger than them. I truly believe that a lot of these anti-vax people at their core are just scared people who just don't have an answer for what's happening. And it's very hard for them to conceptualize how big this is. Like, I see it on the news all the time. It's sad because a lot of these people who are dying, they end up going, oh, I should have had the vaccine. How many of those do you have to see before you go, all right, the vaccine may not be a bad idea? And here's the thing. Even if you get it, right, they say that catching it is actually better in the long term for antibodies, but you still have to survive. So survive if COVID lets you. Taz. I believe that was ECW. He might have said it. I don't know. I think he said it first in ECW. doesn't matter. But that's what it's going to take to get those antibodies. You got to survive first. And the odds, you know, they're pretty all right. But not for everyone. A doctor once told me that people knew how much of health was based on their genetics based on what their body type is at that time, they'd freak the fuck out. They'd realize how much control they actually have over their own body, over their own health, over their own outcomes. Not to say that, you know, it's only personal responsibility and that's it. But at the end of the day, there are certain markers that we have to at least understand, whether you're, you know, pro-vax or anti-vax. Everyone's a little different. Everyone's going to react a little different. And I think if more people were on that kind of agreement level, I think we'd be having better arguments about it. I think we would. But, you know, I, I'm at a point now where people are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to take what they're going to take. I don't care. Whatever works for them. If something works for somebody that, that wouldn't have worked for me, that's cool. They're alive. Great. I just want everyone to live. And I think we're getting lost in being right. Because you know, the, the answers I always hear is, well, you don't want to find out later on. They shouldn't have done that thing. Well, guess what? We all make questionable decisions in our life all the time. We do it all the time. Only to find out later, I probably shouldn't have done that. How is this any different? The odds of you getting hurt by this vaccine are very small. So why not? But I get it. And listen, if ivermectin works, dope. Take it if your doctor thinks it works for you. If your personal doctor goes, yo, ivermectin work for you. This um, antibody transfer works for you. Take it. That's your doctor. He knows you better than anyone else. Talk to your doctor. If, I sound like a fucking medical um, commercial. Talk to your doctor if ivermectin's good for you. That's what it comes down to. Talk to the people who know you best. Who actually know what's going on with you. Because arguing on the internet with people who don't know shit isn't going to get you anywhere. No one's, no one knows what's happening. This is like when the early days of 9-11 happened, like days after, I remember it. 
God, I was promising myself I was going to talk about 9-11, even though 9 is coming up. I wanted to go to 20th anniversary not talking about it. Because when you're a New Yorker, it, it fills up your year. Like, you know it's going to come. And, like, that weekend, you're always a little weird. Everyone's always a little weird by it. Slowly, everyone's, like, I think by the 10th year, some of us started letting go. Some of us didn't. Some of us were still dealing with it. But now the 20th year, I really didn't want to talk about it. But here we are. But it reminds me a lot of it. Everyone wanted an answer that was as big as the explosion. And sometimes that's not, it's not it. Maybe they're putting down ivermectin because they're not sure yet. But they are sure with the vaccine. But maybe they're not sure with ivermectin just yet. Maybe they're not sure with any of these treatments. Remember, this is like, the virus just showed up two years ago. Like, everyone expects science to be, like, on it already. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's never worked that way. It's always a trial and error. And no one wants to be the error, which, understandably, stakes are high. But errors are going to happen. I'd rather play my odds. I'd rather play my odds. Too many people just want to be right instead of playing the odds. And hey, good for you. Have fun with that. Shitty way to live, though. I know too many people that I know personally who live like that, who just really want to be right. And it's like, all right, cool. It's why I don't argue with people anymore. I used to want to be those people. When I was younger, I so desperately wanted to be right, and I would have to convince people I was so hard that it would almost become like you're, you're preaching to people. And when something becomes preachy, I tune out as a person listening because I know that look that people used to give me when I got preachy, the glazed over look. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, man. It's crazy, man. And I, I, I do every holiday now and every holiday party. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, whoa, right? Am I right? It's crazy. Oh, man, that's wild. That's it. I have nothing more for anti-vaxxers anymore. I have nothing more. I can't give you anything on that. You know? But at the end of the day, I am doing what's best for me. And if that, if doing what's best for you needs to be justified to other people, then that's a problem. And you might want to consider it. Because when it comes to this debate, I find a lot of people are doing that. And that's weird to me. It shouldn't matter that much. Like, it does because there's a pandemic going on, but I'm talking about the personal part. If you are convinced of something, you shouldn't have to convince other people. Your belief should be more than enough. It's your responsibility. It's always been your responsibility. But it's always, it's interesting because I think it's a human problem. Like, Conservative men who are so gung-ho about policing women's bodies, I'll never understand it. I'll never get it. And it's always dudes who don't get laid, who never get women, who always complain about, why do women not like me? It's because you don't want them to be free to make decisions. You want them to be fuckbots. That's what you want. You know, be a fuckbot and have the baby I put inside you. No choice. Got to do that. And it's weird. Like, because I'm a pro-life person to a degree. 
I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a at least consider keeping it kind of person. Now, if it's a rape baby, it's a whole different situation in itself. That's something the victim has to decide on their own because that's a traumatic thing. And to carry that kid, the term could be very damaging for both individuals involved. You know, psychologically speaking, who knows, like the health, they even, there's health ramifications for some people. Some women die at childbirth. That's the one thing we don't talk about. Birth is a traumatic fucking medical event. It is up there with some of the craziest surgeries. A person's coming out of another person. There's blood. There's pain. There, bruh. And the fact that the ones who don't go through it are telling the ones who do go through it how to deal with it is fucking bizarre. It's fucking bizarre. And they wonder why they don't get laid. They wonder why. It's because you can't, you can't police other people. You just can't. That's the government's job. Ben Shapiro probably disagrees. He probably thinks the government should be smaller and people should do whatever the fuck they want to do, but that's the government's job. We wouldn't have one if we didn't need someone to police people. But I always find like his people like him who are so abortion bothers them so much. Like from like a like an inside place. And it's it's weird. It's fucking weird. It's like, why does it matter to you so much? Did your wife do it? No. Then why does it matter to you? I always thought the Republican mantra was less government involvement. But now you have the government getting involved in abortion. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense as a conservative issue to me. They have no problem when dudes are just fucking random chicks all over the place having multiple babies. No one's saying, hey, he's got to get a vasectomy. He's overpopulating the country. He's also not being a financial response. He's not financially responsible for any of these kids. So he shouldn't have them anymore. He shouldn't be allowed to do that to the detriment of society, which it is. It is a well-known fact that when a father is not supportive of their child and, and they don't have a male figure to replace that person, those people don't always become the greatest people. Some of them push past that and do become great people. A lot of them don't. A lot of them deal with deep issues, but we don't, we don't think about that because it's out of sight, out of mind. You know what I mean? It's not, and also human beings, like we don't treat each other as precious as we treat babies. Like we all go, oh, a baby's precious defenses. You got to take care of it. But once you're able to take care of yourself in most ways, it's almost fuck you. You know what I mean? Like the hell with you. You're, you're just a person. Do what you got to do. Shut the fuck up and just work. But we're all still precious though. We're all still very fragile. We're just grown up babies. That's all it is. And it's just weird. Because if we can pull the plug on people whose hearts are still beating, but their brain is unconscious, like it's done, like it's not working, brain dead. And you're telling me brain death is how we decide who dies, but a heartbeat is how we um, define who lives or who is born or who's becoming something. It's a little weird that we pick one, not the other. I would assume if you're going to stick with the heartbeat is what determines life has begun, then life should end with the heart stopping. Book ends. No. Because we're all full of shit. 
Because we're all trying to push our own beliefs on one another. We all want to control something. We all feel like we have the right ideas. And listen, I'm here with a microphone talking about my ideas, and I'm probably fucking wrong about all of them. Can't do much about that. I could stop making this show, but I won't. Just being honest. I'm going to do it anyway. But at some point, we got to stop policing each other. Because none of us know what the fuck we're doing. The most we can do is help. Help each other. Be there for one another. And let each other make each other's choices. You know what I mean? Like, just make your own choices. If you support someone's choice, cool. If you don't, that's what it is. You don't have to deal with that choice. It's not your life. You know, we always talk about how we just wish people would mind their fucking business. Why is it utterly impossible for conservatives to mind their fucking business when it comes to women? They're always after them. And they'll use somebody like Rose McGowan, who is this big Me Too advocate who's lost her fucking mind. Because she's just saying wild shit about people that's just vastly not true. But this recent one came out about how Gavin Newsom's wife paid her, was offering to pay her and not talk about Weinstein. Yet there's no proof of this whatsoever. But the Daily Wire picked it up. The Daily Wire always reports anything bad that happens to LeBron James. They don't even report sports. They don't even, they won't have a sports beat. But all LeBron James said that one thing about Trump one time, and now we're going to report about him all the time when he fucks up just to get our little jabs in. The fuck is this about? And honestly, it comes off racial. It comes off a little racial. A tad bit. Daily Wire, nothing but white dudes and Candace Owens. Which you couldn't find a better black person? There's plenty of better black conservatives out there. Colin Hughes is right over there. You can just call him. But Candace Owens, you chose the dumbest one. Congrats. But that's what it is. People will use other people to further their agendas. It's why they always bring up Thomas Sowell, the conservatives. They always do. He's the one black person. They go, well, he agrees with us. Here's our black friend. He agrees. And they'll push him to the moon. And then use him as, you know, the model of what black people should be. And it's like, okay, what about these other black people over here? I feel the same way about Democrats. Democrats also do that as well. Like, they'll disregard, you know, black conservatives completely. Because it doesn't fit in with their idea of blackness. It doesn't fit in with their idea of what, you know, is for the culture. And maybe that's kind of the problem. We're just all... Picking, well, that's the thing. Like, you can't, I feel like a hypocrite because, like, I can sit here and say, hey, don't pick and choose what's good for you and good for you only to wrap your life around. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Like, I'm going to live my life doing it. It is what it is. I like saying it is what it is because it truly is. Truly. I just, I just wonder what's coming around the bend. What's coming around the bend? The economy's not looking great. Biden's approval numbers are going down pretty fast. Faster than I thought. I thought he had at least about two years of goodwill. He's burning through that. All because of Afghanistan, oddly enough. I never thought Afghanistan would be the thing that took him down. I thought everyone was united in ending that war. But now apparently everyone's like, well, we got to go back. It's like, no, we don't. You all wanted out of this war. 
You only want out now because we actually left. And now you don't know how to deal with that. Like, how do you deal with a post-Afghanistan war America where we're not destroying somebody else? Are we even America if we're not destroying another country? A question for another time. So, yeah. Activism's a game or a game show now. Both vax and unvax now becoming full-on religions with their own gospels, their own Bible, their own prophets. Fucking Anthony Fauci. He lied about gain-of-function research, by the way. Rand Paul, who I don't normally agree with, was right. Check out The Intercept. I don't know if Ryan Grimm wrote it, but shout out to Ryan Grimm. I can't believe he's still hosting Rising on the Hill. That show has been tanking. Unless you're into the independent media sector, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, and that's fine. It's all good. But hey, it was good spending an hour with you guys, or close to an hour. Good being at home on a day off. Good chance to rest. We will be ending our season at episode 40. And then we will take the holidays off and return in mid-January. Most podcasts are just podcasts throughout the year, but I just, I do want to improve the show over time, so I do want to take breaks to, like, really look at what we produce and see how we can do better. A lot of great things coming next season already. already been planning. But these last few episodes, because we'll just be with each other, me talking and you listening, Maybe some other, someone else will join us, you know, right before the season ends. I want to spend these last episodes kind of like, let's kind of get our shit together. Let's, let's start figuring out what is it we want for 2022. My birthday is 2-22-22 this year. Maybe I'll do DMT, bro. End up with the clockwork elves and shit. But I do want to start thinking about 2022. It's right there. And I do want to think about what what has to change now to make next year better. And that's probably a deeper question that I'm giving it credit for. But someone asked me, what's this cup? They they saw, you know, the Wonderkin's white cup they used to carry. They also had my uh, original founding father's cup that I got from Foxwoods. But this cup has been here since the beginning. It's a cup I designed myself. I'm going to do it again. The space part didn't come out. But it's three rings interlocked together with space inside of it. And it says, we are the dreamers and this is our dream. Because it is. We can make a better society together. Because we are all living the same dream. We all just want the best life possible. We all just want to be happy. In this society, in this planet, is our dream. And this podcast has always been, at least subconsciously, about that. We are the dreamers. And this is our dream. I don't know if that's the title of the episode, but I don't know if I want it to be. 
I feel like that title deserves to be on a different episode. It will be on a different episode. But for now, I want you to go home, turn this show off, and ask yourself, what can I be doing better? How can I be more uniting? How can I be more welcoming to people I don't agree with? How can I get agenda out of my system and actually exist with people? That's what I would do this week. Yeah, that feels right. But then again, what do I know? You and I, producer Kyle, and wherever our future president, the activist may be, the future winner of one of the greatest reality shows of all time, they probably know it too. They probably know exactly how this is going to end.